You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of The Town Podcast, episode 78. How's it going, bro? Good, man. Good. I'm uh, recovering nicely from, you know, Memorial Day weekend. What'd you do? Um, I went uh, surfing nice, uh, yesterday. Nice. The beaches are open now in OC. Um, well, um, I, just, I went to uh, Manhattan Beach and okay. just surfed. And it was actually kind of nice because, you know, there weren't, uh, there weren't a lot of people around. I got there early. I get there like dawn, do dawn patrol, get out there in the water before there's too many people out in the water surfing. And uh, it was a little bit small, but it was some nice, clean waves. You know, some good, uh, good soul enriching time, man. Anytime I can get out in the water, first thing in the morning, catch a few waves, man, just nice therapy, both body and mind puts me in a good, good state of mind the rest of the day. Yeah. I don't know what it is to me too. I don't even, I'm actually, well, I almost drowned when I was a kid. Actually, I don't know if I told you that story before. But the thing is, uh, you know what? We'll get into that in another time. But what I'm saying is I actually don't like being in the water. But there's still, like, after being in quarantine for so long, there's this craving to, like, go near the water for some reason as a human. Really? You know what I mean? You? Yes. It's, I think it's weird, man. Like, uh, I went up well, to... No, let me know when you're ready. I, I want to head down to the, to the beach with you. I want to see that happen. Like, uh, maybe even get you out in the water. <laughs> yeah, I went down to like I went up to Santa Barbara on Friday um, before the rush, basically. Because you know, I went to school in Santa Barbara, basically, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's kind of nice because everything's like it was open before um, everything was open down here. So I actually went to a restaurant and an outdoor like courtyard area. It wasn't near anybody. You know, tables really far apart. It felt so nice just to have a meal at a restaurant, man fucking weird wow. <laughs> you, you they know. are very brave of you yeah, well, my wife's a little sketch still a little bit sketched about that which i just you know understandable we got you know the 29 year old here and so we just we have to have like an extra level of um concern because there were a few cases where it had children that developed these special symptoms from the COVID 19 which scared the shit out of us um yeah. So, but it's coming, man. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm actually, dude, I'm, I'm really excited and a little bit nervous. Um, our guest today is an incredible person, man. Um, Cheyenne, it's a Sauter. I don't know how exactly how you uh, pronounce the last name. Sauter, Sauter, Um, but, uh, man, she's one of the projects she's doing right now. Um, I like is, the name uh, of the project. what's that? I like the name though. It's called Let's well, Paint the Town. No, I'm just saying it's like it like co-promotes our podcast, which is absolutely awesome, man. You know what I mean? I think that's it's almost like a, you know a sign that we need to come together and, and work on things. And, oh, definitely. Uh, you know, now that we have uh, the uh, the new spray uh, paint line coming out, you know, we're getting closer and closer with that. That's um, she's going to be a a, per, a good person to you know help put that some of that paint to some real good use. She even mentioned in the uh, email to me about her her painting. I mean, her uh, her building, you know, needing a new uh, paint job. 
in 2021. So <laughs> can't wait. Um, That'll be. A I'm pretty sure that by 2021, we'll uh, you know we'll have an actual you know product ready to go. I think earlier than that, man. I mean, you know, uh, shout out to uh, you killed me first for helping us out with the logo. Yeah, um, Sean, man, we're still great working job, on it, bro. man. We're, we're still working on the finalizations, but the aerosol spray paint line is coming, guys. And uh, you know, we're gonna try to beat Montana. I'm gonna stay right there. <laughs> whichever one, which whichever one, which you're talking about, 94 or the gold. Well, one, it kind of helps when you supply part of the product that goes in their paint as well. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, look, at the end of the day, there's systems that make things happen and you know we need to well, you know what i i really like what we're going to do with the artists in the cans as well you know we're going to get some um some limited uh, edition series of the can opportunities for different artists you know to have their own colors with uh their own designs on the cans um and uh you know it's uh is that our guest yeah it's our guest man i mean awesome, you want to let her in stoked. yeah please man There she is. Hi. I can, yes, and we can hear you. you're all awesome. There's so many Good. times when, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for, uh, for being with us today. You look like you're outside. Where are you? I am, yeah. We took a weekend trip to the mountains to a family cabin. So we're still up here for another day or two. Oh, no envy going on here. Um, you know. Diane, how do you, how do you pronounce your last name? Sauter. Sauter. Okay. Um, thanks so much uh, for being here. Now, right off, I, uh, are you aware that there's a, uh, a graffiti artist um, or a graffiti writer? I don't know what he would call himself um, that uh, writes the name um, Sauter. Yes, I am. I have um, been DM. I've been DMing. I've stalked him. I've posted his stuff and I've like hashtagged every solder and tagged every solder I could find on Instagram, hoping that like he would see. And no, I'm not getting any love from him. Oh man, well I, I tell you what, that would be a great guy to have to work with some projects on. He's extremely talented, right? Dude, um, he, he's talented, and then like his his locations blow my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. he's hanging from freeway overpasses and ducking underneath and like it. Yeah. He's talented and daring and amazing. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, I would say probably one of the top of the line right now. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and in other countries as well, like oh. in, in China and like crazy spots in other countries as well. Oh, he, Not just in LA. That's what blows my mind. Wow, I think he's an LA native though, because he's been here since I I was growing up. Okay, but I didn't. I, I'm not I'm not knowledgeable about that. All I know is I got. Uh, crazy I'm gonna respect. share some of his work real quick on the second screen. I yeah, mean, okay. dude. If you guys uh, just take a look, this is Solder. What's up, Solder? What's up? Solder uh, <laughs> oh, clan in the house. Yeah, and uh, now I think his Instagram is. Uh, you actually have to be approved to go on his Instagram, but it's um, Sawteezy. Um, basically his name with a, you know, E-Z-Z-Y or E-Z-Y. Quick search. Oh. Yeah. There it is, yeah. So S-A-U-T-E-E-Z-Y. 
That's his yeah. Instagram. And uh, oh, my teaching uh, my boy Edgar are uh, approved to see it. So you got we got we got to take a look at it some other time. But yeah, you guys share a similar name. <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's I'm awesome. James, by the way. Hey guys, let me go get my headphones real quick. Yeah, my please do. No worries. Thanks. Wow, man, look at the are those redwoods? I guess in the background there. Yeah, she seems like she's uh, up in the uh, from a, a nice location. That's awesome. I didn't play the the. That's funny that she uh, has been kind of stalking um, Sauter. <laughs> that was just going to be like an offshoot question, and and uh, you know, uh, not really expecting that much out of it, and you know, that's that's <laughs> awesome that she's into uh like that. Definitely. He and um, ADZ AIDS. Those are my two yes. favorite writers in LA. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Those. Those are. Um, what crew? I think uh, is Sauter. Um, I don't know if he's LOD KOG or uh, maybe a few of them. I don't know. He should be like you know have his choice of whatever. But anyway, uh, enough yeah. of that. Um, so you're a, you're an LA native, um, already hugely jealous with that, but, um, where'd you grow up? Yeah. What part of LA? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in San Gabriel Valley in Me Covina. Too. So SGV in the house. Oh, yeah. What's up? <laughs> you know, I actually went to South Hills. I don't know oh. if that, if, so, you know, we're on the border. Uh -oh. of Covina, Covina. That's right so that's where all the good drugs were i came from Covina <laughs> high school and like we had like the shitty drugs and then northview had like the drugs like so you <laughs> i was like a, a little bit concerned at first i was like you know this is my first time having a face-to-face -face. i don't know like i normally smoke weed on camera <laughs> <laughs> So, I know, just I mean, I I do, but I don't like to do it on camera because I don't like to promote it so much. You know what I mean? It's legal it now, right? but I don't mind. You know, James has his own thing going on. But, uh, <laughs> no, but anyway. and it's eleven a.m., James. Like, let's be cool. You know? <laughs> hey, I'm a waker and baker, man. Okay, so I'm just saying. But anyways, SGV. I, I'm I'm from Covina, West Covina, too. That's so awesome to have another nice. SGV here in the house. Yeah, yeah. It was an amazing place to grow up. And my husband's from Dayton, Ohio. And we we see a lot of parallels in like how we grew up in small hmm. town or town. How did you like end a, up with a, a guy from Dayton, Ohio? Oh, he got super lucky. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. He um, he moved to San Francisco and then went to L.A. And um, we actually met on Craigslist. I was living in a bedroom, a, a five-bedroom house. And he, like, applied to live at, at our house. We had, like, a rotating room. So we put an ad on Craigslist. He came up to the house and we interviewed him and he became my roommate. So That's for eight so months, awesome. he was just my roommate. Um, and I then totally we... thought you were talking about Craigslist dating for a second. Oh, right? I, like, I know. I like, like, back oh, in the day. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know anybody actually met up. But no, that's so cool. But he was, yeah. so he was like a roommate that moved in. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Where, so where, are you, where are you uh, shooting from right now? It's such a beautiful background. 
Yeah, so I'm in Sugarloaf. So one of the benefits of growing up in Los Angeles is that um, in the 40s, my great grandfather came up to Big Bear area. They bought a plot of land and they built this cute little cabin. And I've been coming up here since I was a little girl. And every summer we do a big project and every winter, you know, we come up here and go skiing and snowboarding. There's always like little nooks and um, little repairs to do nonstop. I just did some landscaping yesterday, but it's, it's an awesome like a little escape. And it's a super cool, um, connection to my lineage, the Sauter family um, lineage, just to have this kind of little plot of land. Oh, so yeah. I what, will what, share. Um, oh, yes, please. Sweet. Oh, my wow, God. It's beautiful. Uh, the oh, audience, my you're just God. Look at to the that. audio. We're looking at a nice, like, oh, yeah. no indeed all. And, uh, you know, in the background, oh my God. Diana has some uh, beautiful trees. And like I said, it just looks like a set out of a movie or something. My yeah. dad and I could build that house. I mean, that looks like something my dad and I could build. And um, wow, what a beautiful surrounding. That's awesome. But you know what? Totally, totally deserved. Totally What's your deserved. family's ethnic uh, heritage? Um, so this side of the family is um, Creole, French, and Mexican. Cool. Um, and when they moved to Los Angeles, they worked in like the steel mills in um, off the 710 freeway. Mm -hmm. And Big Bear was like the place you went, you know, for yeah. a vacation. So when they bought the plot of land in the 40s, it, they used to camp on it from what I understand. And then they slowly would build the foundation and then you know, it just took years. But, but we have photos of my Gigi. To go out there and really rough it you know what i mean like really right. <laughs> really like there was no when i when i grew up here there was no paved streets you would ride your bicycle down the dirt road and risk your entire life like your entire <laughs> body so um they paved the roads in the early 90s and um yeah, yeah, it's it's. You awesome gotta to hope have. you're a good child, so, so otherwise it's like, yeah, honey, go go for a bike ride, go for a nice long bike yeah. ride up that that street up there, really far away. Yeah. When did that change? When parents stopped uh, letting parents, you know, I mean, I think it's when video games came along, man. Kids started staying uh, inside, you know, and then kids stopped going outside and just coming back when the sun comes down I or know. when the street lights turn on. You, you know what I mean? Because even when I was yeah. growing up, that was still like a thing. It's like go play outside. I don't know where the hell you are. You know what I mean? But just come back in one piece when the street light comes on. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so I'm curious. After, uh, after you grew up in San Gabriel, where did, you, where did you go from there? How did you transition from there into to getting to L.A.? Um, it was a pre pretty easy transition. Um, I grew up kind of coming to downtown L.A. throughout mm -hmm. my life. My mom was a seamstress, so we would take the bus uh, to Union uh, Station and, uh, you know, ride around. Uh, walk around fashion district and stuff. So I always had an affinity for downtown in LA. Um, and I think like every good um, transplant, if I can call myself that, I moved to North Hollywood and lived in a shitty apartment <laughs> up there uh, for a good year. Right? Yep, off of Morrison Street next to, uh, what was that sex shop? Oh, Lay Sex Shop A on Lancashire. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> 
uh, and then became, customer. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then became a live-in nanny for um, some people off of Mulholland um, who are still good friends of mine and uh, went to Mount St. Mary's University up in, um, hmm. up in the Brentwood Hills. So just kind of inched my way west, but never fully lived in the west, like west of the 405 sure. was kind of the a misnomer for me we were always like a county though basically right yeah you know i mean so yeah it was... like, so so i mean uh grow, grow, go north hollywood man that's like a a lot big of urban change compared to like suburbia in uh, covina you know what i mean so like did you like that better or uh was it was it more your flavor or is the suburbs kind of like more your thing oof that one's hard <laughs> so i you know I, I love community. I love that connection to people. And I love, um, I love being able to see the sky. So even North Hollywood felt suburban-esque. There were parks and you could see the sky sure. and everything. Um, yeah, and absolutely. the arts district where ArtShare lives, where its home is, I could see the sky there. So I'd, I've never been around huge towering buildings mm, like that. Mm, mm, sure. So I, I think I am more of a suburban person than a city person. Let's talk more about when art. Did, uh, when did the art uh, influence yeah. start coming into your life? Yeah, yeah so I had um, the very lucky pleasure to, of living at the Asbury, which is an apartment building near MacArthur Park. And that was like early 2000s. And, um, and so I met a couple of people that live there. Um, Shell, Hagen, Nick Cha Kim, and then Kimba Rogers was always around. And the four of us, out of like an outcropping of a lot of discussions with the community, started something called Gallery Row Organization. And that organization begot the Downtown Art Walk. So I was kind of entrenched in the art scene from its nation's stage in early 2000 when there was really no reason or no culture to go to in downtown except for like. Um, the taper or the Amundsen. Um, so we were, we were, we had noticed in that downtown area that it was a really cool core space. Um, and it was specifically spring and main between second and ninth. And we noticed that there were a lot of blighted buildings there. And so from a nonprofit standpoint, we would go to a lot of those business owners and say, hey, donate the space to us and we'll rent it out to a gallery space or donate the window space and we'll put some sort of installation in it and create a walkable community. And so, Brilliant. so yeah, and, and wasn't my idea, but I'm a very logical systematic sort of person. So, um, and from the, like you. Yes, I've learned over the years. Um, so anytime I try and leave the art scene and go, you know, gain skills somewhere else, I, I do, I feel like I get pulled back because I have the, I have the ability to talk to an artist, look at their idea and dissect it into tangible bite-sized steps that can then be actuated into something pretty cool. Wow. So, yeah. Right, have you ever done artwork yourself? No, I don't, I'm not patient enough. <laughs> so awesome. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, I just, I wish we had more people like you. Um, usually, the, you know, someone like this has some kind of artistic background. They've done some artwork Did you grow or up something with like that. So they're trying, to, they're trying to help themselves also in, to some degree, is my point. Yeah. But um, yeah. to have someone like you that's just purely helping the arts and the artists, um, 
just another just another level up of, of appreciation that I have for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. I I do to James's point. My um my entire family, three of my sisters are extremely creative. One is a fine artist. Another um, creates play um, backdrops and scenes. Mm. Um, and then another one is a, a school teacher, which it, I mean, her school, her classroom alone oh, oh. is what like grade she teach? a fucking fairy tale. <laughs> um, she's doing... <laughs> she's doing tk right now and and she's doing like story time with the kids yeah. on zoom and dresses up every day and i mean she's just oh, wow. they're amazing so, um, so you're like the business mind of the family when the other three sisters were kind of like the creatives and yeah so are you the oldest just curious no no i'm number three of six okay in the family. so you're one of the oh my god wow did yeah. your parents ever figure out what was causing the kid <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, trying to save the marriage, you know. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have? Is it? You have two older. I'm um, two sisters, or and then do you have any? Three sisters and two brothers. Okay, okay, a nice little even mix of both. Face. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. If you go to Covina High School and say, "Where are the solder kids?" Some teachers are gonna run. Like we were for <laughs> sure known <laughs> as. You like, know what? It's so funny because I think every single, well, not every single school. It's just like, I grew up with a, a, um, some of my closest friends. They have like a huge family. Actually, I, I, they, they used to be Mormon. That's why they, they're, they're like, oh. they like a big family. You know what I mean? But to me, I always like envied like families that had a lot of people. But, you know, because it's like you're never really bored. But I always hear from the people who are inside the family. It's like the worst, actually, because no one's actually getting enough attention and everybody <laughs> is, is that is that your your case or did you, uh, did you... so no comment we're talking about art today we're not talking yeah. about our i'm not going on record with this shit no back in the day dude a six uh you know child family was not was was not a huge family you know mm -hmm. that was kind of like a normal sized family um, yeah. You know, to only have like two or three kids, that, that was a small family a yeah. while back, you know what I mean? Because you had to have someone work for you, you had to have people take care of things. And, yeah. you know, um, you, that's why there used to be a lot bigger families. But yeah. um, I just want to get to something right quick. Um, uh, I just realized that um, <laughs> Cheyenne, uh, she's, she was the uh, pioneering woman of the year. Oh God! 2017. Wow. From City Hall, and what is that? The um, housing uh, HCI DLA um, and Commission of the Status of Women. These, you know, City Hall, LA City Hall, um, the uh, Commission of the Status of Women, and then I guess it's a housing and uh, development a big massive committee. Name this woman right here pioneering woman of the year i mean wow <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> there you go there's some <laughs> there you go yeah that was that was a pretty cool honor that was pretty cool i mean that's, just just curious like do they just like say call you up one day dm you one day and say hey how did we you find out yeah <laughs> i'm just curious like how, how did you earn that award because i'm so curious to be honored by the city of los angeles you know what i mean it's like 
it must have been a big moment for you. I mean, I feel like they were 10 years too late, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, so when the city calls you, oftentimes they're looking for a favor, like, um, hey, we want you to be a part of this festival. Can you help funnel some money? Can you like take some money and like offset it and then pay the vendors? Or, um, hey, we're looking for, you know, 20 restaurants. Can you name five? So they're always looking for like some support, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm always there to answer the phone and, and, um, you know, offer whatever I can. So when they called me with this, I was like, okay, cool. So, and, and what? Like, okay, this award and what? What else do you need from me? So it didn't <laughs> dawn on me that it was an honor until the morning of the ceremony um, where I was called to go to City Hall during one of the um, open council um, meetings and, and be called up and, and uh, have Jose Wezar speak on my behalf. And I received flowers and a, and a certificate. Wow. So, um, and I posted a, something on my Instagram with like, you know, a, one of my uh, profile pictures and just said, wow, what an honor. And, and the response that I got from the community was so massive that that's when I really felt like, oh, okay, this is a big deal. People, this matters to people. Um, of course, you know, for me, um, I come from a family of six, so staying humble is like an absolute requirement. So when I got my certificate, um, my name was misspelled and I never asked them to correct it. For three years, it's been sitting in my office names misspelled and it's always a reminder <laughs> to, you know, appreciate what you get, but also, also remember you're human. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I love that. You know, no, that's it's actually big cooler that it's misspelled, in, in my opinion. You, you know what I mean? It's like, um, you, you know, like I said, they always ask you for favors, and you're still not willing to just ask them for one, one thing. So I think that's really yeah. sweet, actually. Now, I'm just saying, like, for, for the art, though, I mean, like, uh, I guess I don't know too much except for the uh, late projects you've been doing called Let's Paint the Town, which I love the name, by the way, because it kind of shares a little... I, yeah, I let's talk like about that for a second. Destined yeah. basically to like have this Zoom call, and you know, we'd love to have you in the studio sometime, basically. But like, yeah, tell us a little bit about the Let's Paint the Town project. Yeah, and so sorry I stole a bit of your name. I no, that was not mine. We love it. <laughs> no, it was an omen. It's it a good a name. <laughs> working together. Okay? Yes absolutely and and it's funny because we wanted to take out let's as the project was going but then i just i didn't want to fuck with your pg <laughs> no. at all so um we're so, yeah. happy to share the name with you first of all it's, you know what i mean and also what, awesome. what i think is so cool is that it's the same artist that we've had on the interview i mean on our podcast and now we have you on our podcast so yeah. like how i kind of feel it's like like the teacher said it was destined you, you know what i mean so totally the boarded up business businesses and like uh, and painting on them or something like that can you tell us a little bit yeah more? yeah so this really you know was a collaborative effort um jeremy novi called me and um he had never met me i had never met him um david puck told suggested that he call me nice. um, he oh, was friend. looking for a nonprofit to support the the this project because he was looking for donations he felt that um, having a nonprofit attached to it would be uh, a benefit to him i don't think he realized how um 
organized and coordinated I was. And I think he was super, <laughs> super thrilled about it. And um, the phone call definitely, yeah, I think he uh, definitely, it, it was magic for both of us because he is, he'll text me images and text me emails and I'll catch everything and throw it in a spreadsheet and send it out. And he's like, whoa, how, how did you do that? And, and he's That's such awesome. a go-getter that I'm like, hey, slow down. I can't keep up with you. So it was really a, a match made in heaven between us. Um, and then from, from my standpoint, um, being a platform for artists for so long, um, when the pandemic hit, we were like, we nailed like went straight into production. We started doing daily concerts on Zoom. We started doing prompts on our Instagram page for artists to create. We were just constantly trying to create new content that would stick and matter to the artists that we love. And, and when Jeremy called me, I had hit a moment. I remember I was sitting in my backyard on Saturday, just like really frustrated because we were asking artists to give and create, but we weren't able to pay them. And I knew I had to stop doing that. So we had stopped our home share concerts that week because I was like, I got to figure this out. And Jeremy called and said, let's raise money to pay artists. And I said, done. So it was like, it was kind of a perfect moment for both of us. And to raise- Good timing. Right. And to raise money in this time, it sucks. It, it sucks to raise money anytime. But the first five weeks, nobody, you couldn't ask anybody for money because they just didn't know and they still don't know what the future holds. But yep. to say, hey guys, an artist is going to get paid X amount of dollars and it begets one board, that makes sense for people who got, who have unemployment checks or who have, um, you know, are still working from home that they can give $50 and know that they're giving like a portion. Um, getting a portion of, of a board funded that's so cool i mean first of all i love yeah. that you, was, like one, i feel like me and you were both like art patrons because we're not actually like artists ourselves really but like you know we really kind of do ourselves do our best to support the artist and that's one of the things like <clears throat> i'm i being an outsider at, for, because i'm a dj musician actually and i kind of just you know i want to support my boy teacher basically and then being an outsider looking at this whole uh you know how much they ask like artists to give i mean just they, they ask musicians to kind of do the same thing too it, you know you have to give up yeah. so much of your you know work and not get appreciated for it it's like if you work with a project for yeah. me usually i'm like i'm gonna try to get you can't give me you can't get the artist at least like 100 bucks you, you know what i mean things right. little things like that it kind of and then like you know i had some artists like pick up some uh work from my house this past uh weekend uh, from an art show like a year ago and they were just happy that I didn't charge them for warehousing their their art you, you, you know what I mean and I was like yeah I, I would never do they're that they're just so they're so used to a uh, visual and performing artists are so used to digging into their own pockets to make yeah. their craft happen and and it's a mentality that I think this project helps to debunk and show mm -hmm. that we need to one make sure that like, I think we all know art is essential, right? Like we've been watching Netflix and getting through this pandemic with music. Cornerstone of society. Absolutely. So we know that art is essential, but what we haven't connected as a society that artists are essential, that art doesn't get created without the artist. And art is seen as kind of an aftermath or an afterthought to, to decorate something versus an integral part of 
of the infrastructure. Yeah, um, totally. I, I love how you put that because it's so funny. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a US thing, <clears throat> but I feel like uh, in Europe, they kind of appreciate artists a little bit more. Sometimes like if there's an artist that's gonna perform or you know do something like everybody kind of like is very uh admiring the artists in europe in my opinion you, you know i'm over here it's like mm -hmm. the artist got to really like hey offer the venue owner favors in order to get their art well, shown a lot of times you, and you know. if you look between los angeles and new york the difference is crazy oh, yeah. so the minute the <laughs> pandemic hit like new york funding you know infrastructures were, were giving grants away um the the rockefeller the like all of that old money that's sitting there in new york they were giving to artists like straight five hundred dollars five thousand dollars relief grants los wow. angeles still hasn't figured it out literally the getty foundation is the only 10 million dollar grant that we've been offered here to arts organizations in new york there are several wow. so, so much money out here that's crazy so much money out here and i won't say their name but one of the biggest funders of nonprofits usually gives our chair run 20k a year they told me uh, week two of the pandemic that we would not be getting the funding, that they had to restructure because their endowment was in um, jeopardy. And I was wow. like, seriously, your endowment's in jeopardy? Like, yeah, art's the first thing to go, you know? Thank you. Yeah, so that's, that's sad. extremely frustrating um, and agree with you that I don't, I don't think um, the U.S. puts enough value in the art. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how ArtShare as an organization got started? Because I'm really curious. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm very like wowed by this whole conversation right now because when I started LA Street Art Gallery um, in 2011, basically, I mean, our idea was to kind of press these same values uh, that, that you're kind of sharing with everybody, you know, and what we want to do is uh, bring the art to the people too. basically do the projects that you're you're actually realizing, you know, so I love it that we're actually like working it's already together done. Right now. Um, <laughs> how did, how did uh, Art Share LA get started? Yeah, it, it's kind of a cool past. Um, and and there's some lore around how we acquired the building. But um, the founder Chip Hunter came across a little bit of money um, and maybe a lawsuit with the city and maybe some, you know, weird filings of paperwork, but we came to own the building mm. um, at 4th and Hewitt in the Arts District 22 years ago. Um, and the building was immediately, um, in, in the first year and a half of us acquiring it, um, so Chip bought it and then donated it to ArtShare, the entity. Mm. And then the first year we reached out to the housing department and asked them for a large sum of money um, to rebuild the structure so that the second floor could be housing, low-income housing for artists, and the first floor could be repurposed as an, a venue or a space for art to be created. Um, wow. That loan still is attached to the building and will be for 55 years um, as a part of the deed and the structuring of how Sorry, boring. Loan. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm actually pulling, I'm pulling, if you're looking at my facial expression, I'm actually pulling up, I'm actually pulling up that picture of our share LA. Um, if you're uh, watching the, if you're just listening to the audio, you can check our YouTube on youtube.com slash LA Street Gallery and watch this video. Basically, it's a really cool building, pretty much right in heart of the arts district, right? And it seems like you guys have a, 
uh, redesign it every every so often, right? Basically, is this the building right here? Yeah, yeah. So when this is the building, yeah. So the second floor, you see all those windows. Each one of those is an apartment. Wow. Um, there are I think, oh. eighteen outside facing and a couple more internally facing. Um, and yeah, fully vacant. I'm sorry, fully fully leased up. <laughs> we have um, a list of about um i think sorry my dog is barking it's okay there are squirrels up here man he wants them no worries my husband's coming to get him mr dayton's coming to get him um, thank you sir thank you kev so yeah so the 30 um so the 30 apartments are essentially for for artists who consider themselves low income they have to qualify per the county's um, regulation but that whole structure in that second floor is what helps to support the building so what we get from rent supports the management co company supports any um you know fixes that the building might need and that sort of thing and then the second the bottom floor, the first floor, is 14,000 square feet of space, and it's divided up into several different rooms that um, support arts. So we have two gallery spaces, um, three classroom spaces, some art studio space that we rent out on a monthly, and then a beautiful theater space. So, um, and, and so in that building, um, you know, it's like, it's like the building is the mission, and the building is the, the house. And so out of that has spawned all of these ideas. So the gallery space has created the whole visual arts department, which we support, I think it's like 600 artists. We hang them either on, on the space, inside of ArtShare or out in the community. Um, wow. I, I don't even know the number of pieces that we hang every year. Um, and awesome. then our, our performance space supports all kinds of music and performance. And we have, gosh, like 300 shows annually. So we, we usually are open Tuesday through Sunday um, with some performance happening in the theater. Wow. Okay. So that, that building is, wow. is art share. It is the mission. Is it is the amazing. home. Is yeah. there an emphasis on visual arts or is there, I'm just saying for your guys' project or like what, I mean, because um, you mentioned there's also music and other types of theater basically too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. So it's, it's really hard to kind of share on social what ArtShare does in its full scope because it does so much. And, um, and so we, we tend to really focus on the visual sure arts department on our social because it's ah. you know much more visual but we we do have a lot of um performances that happen in our theater none of them except for i think 12 a year are produced by us so we're nothing more than a platform for artists to create so for us to promote a show that's coming this wednesday night and we get everyone to come to the show it might not be the greatest thing so, so for quality control, it's become a decision of our social media uh, committee to just focus on the visual art stuff when it comes oh, to that. Okay, but, okay. Um, but we do like showing like live videos of what happens on our stage when it did happen. Nice. Now I gotta imagine you've got, um, <clears throat> I guess, how many did you say? Thirty artists that are living in those apartments. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I gotta imagine there's been times where maybe uh, they haven't. 
uh, gotten along or has been some beefs or problems with no, tenants? Utopian, or have they all managed <laughs> to get along well? Um, it's interesting because, as you know, um, artists tend to be introverted. And as many times as I try to create community up there and get them to come to the common area or use space that we're providing for them, they tend to keep to themselves and home is their sanctuary. So they, they stay behind their little four, you know, their four walls. Um, but they do share bathrooms, some of them. They have a shared bathroom for two apartments. So that does cause some problems. Um, and in the past, we've had um, pretty bad management companies. Uh, since we're such a small uh, number of apartments, it's hard to manage us because we're not right. boutique eight and we're not 150. So for a property owner, you know, we're a small, small portfolio, but I require a lot of attention. So that has caused some friction in the past. Yeah. But it, you managed to get it worked out to where uh, it's sustainable? It is. I mean, the building is dilapidated. The building's like a hundred and something years old. And so there's always some fixes that need to be done. The roof needs to be completely overhauled and fixed. Um, you know, there, there's just always some, some stuff. Oh, believe me, I know. My, uh, well, at least for a while, uh, my wife and I flip houses. And uh, <clears throat> I don't care how big the house is, it's always at least a couple projects that need to be done. <laughs> and so with a building like that, I'm sure, you know, uh, you got to have some, you know, continual maintenance and everything. But, um, yeah. you know, one would hope that with uh, what is done there um, and what that helps to create, that we'll be able to find some uh, funding somewhere along the way to help do whatever needs to be done when it needs to be done. Um, yeah. So you have all different kinds of artists that are um, living there, um, working with all different types of art mediums as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, the tenants are um, an autonomous group, really. They, if, they, if they reach out and they want to be a part of programs, we definitely connect them through what's happening downstairs. But the upstairs is really, they're, they're just so diverse. Um, in in their needs and their their practice that we you know support them if they reach out but they tend to be quite autonomous up there yeah I've actually been to the building before I had a, an event there um, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago and um, it, I thought it was a great space to have an event you know it's the, the location and everything the parking right across the street um, and I didn't even know about the second floor yeah I didn't know that those were you know artists apartments up there or anything like that so um yeah. that's that's pretty damn cool no it's, um, it's extremely hard to share like what we do if you're there for a, a you know jazz performance you don't see the art if you're there for a gallery opening you don't see the art studios it's so sectioned off um and that's good and bad well there's i think there's ways of of maybe uh, working with that but i have a question for you um sure. i worked on a project many years ago that developed into um actually kind of started in the pentagon <laughs> um and the idea was to just sit there and work on a painting and from like start to finish hmm. and um it got an amazing response i was actually the first artist ever allowed 
to work on a painting in the corridors of the Pentagon. I was between corridors one and two on the second floor, but uh, right next to the A-ring. And uh, this was back in 2004. And the first time I was there for two weeks, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. I started with a blank canvas, little sketch on it. And people would come by and actually had some other paintings set up. That is the reason why I ended up there. That's a whole nother story. Wow. But um, people came by and they're like, well, you know, you, are you selling these paintings? What's going on? I'm like, I just want to give you guys something else to, to look at, you know? And they're like, um, are you going to be working on this later? I'm like, I want to be here for two weeks until this thing is done. And so <laughs> by the second day, people were bringing me coffee and donuts, offering oh. to buy me lunch and everything. And so that basically developed into going to military bases, you know, because as a Pentagon, they almost sent me over to Iraq to a Marine base. As a matter of fact, once wow. <laughs> um, the, uh, and so from that, it expanded to going to like police departments and then <clears throat> like courthouse complex hospital. And so basically I realized that I was starting to focus on places where people serve the community and I was bringing art mm -hmm. to them and letting them see the development of it, watching them, let them watch it happen. And that seemed to draw much more interest into what I was doing. And so um, what I'm wondering is, you know, it's not for all artists what I did. You know, you got to be good with having people around you and everything. But I got to think that your organization would possibly know of a few artists that would want to do something like this. And um, it basically makes art into a community service, um, mm -hmm. as well as elevates the artists. I mean, when I'm, <clears throat> you know, working around some policemen, you know, who are willing to give their life to serve the community, it makes me want to, mm -hmm. you know, focus more and I get more work done. Um, so that's, that's one of the ideas I want to talk to you about and see if we can develop that somewhere down the line. How can people, if yeah. they want to work with ArtShare, like, uh, you know, I'm saying like, uh, what, what is kind of like the scope of what you guys do? Because from what I understand, just from talking to you right now, is that you guys are a nonprofit mm -hmm. that kind of supports the arts, basically. I mean, you guys are the, uh, you get connections to fund projects, basically, um, mostly in the visual arts, but ba basically mainly supporting this piece of real estate uh, called ArtShare LA, this building, basically, right? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, Would they just so submit their, I, uh, their portfolio to you or what's the best way to get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I, I think for me what, what Archer need, needs to become and needs to be is almost like a union. Um, for artists. Um, so we're, we're supporting artists as they're, as they're beginning their career and trying to figure out if it could take off. Um, they come to us for resources, they come to us for opportunities, and, and we try to plug them and connect them. But I think our biggest um, pillar that we, we focus on is job connection mm. and almost economic development. So people come to us a lot or we do RFPs um, to um, Sorry. to um, find job opportunities or find um, somebody who wants to commission a work or somebody who wants to hire an artist and finding that perfect artist and almost matching them. So creating that, that um, 
Yeah, that that job I mean, job creating, portal, creating some almost. opportunities for yeah. artists. I love that basically. Yeah. You know, one of the things that me yeah. and Teach were discussing like right before actually uh, we got on this call was I was saying that you know it's funny that if because uh, I mean I mentioned I'm a musician basically and I uh, I always I'm noticing with a lot of artists and even from my own music it's like you literally have to put in ten years of work before anybody mm -hmm. to not notice you. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, right? And I, yeah. I think like, so if you're out there, I mean, you're considering starting to be an artist or uh, as your career or a musician as your career, man. I mean, get ready for that. Ten years, yeah. man. Ten well, and all, years, it, it, you know, you like guys are a, a good organization that's going to help people figure out, you know, how much effort they really want to put into the art that they're doing. You know, because that's one of the, the questions that I have a lot of times when people send, you know, DM me on, on uh, Instagram. You know, like how much do you sell this for? How do you, you know, make money and, and, you know, how do you approach galleries and whatever? And it's like, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a complicated question. Well, you know, it depends on what you want to do. Do you want to, exactly. you know, do you just want to put, do you want to decorate? Do you want to send a message? You know, mm -hmm. do you want to make money? You know, yeah. I was and, what's you your know, goal? some people, they different. have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, what you're talking about, that's cool. You want to send a message and that's awesome. Just understand that you're not necessarily going to make money off of this unless people like the images that you're putting there. And there's no guarantee on that at all. So just understand that what you're getting yourself into, just understand what it is. So you're not setting yourself up, you know, because that's what breaks yeah. my heart is when I see an artist oh. that, that gets all worked up thinking that something's going to be awesome and amazing and everything. And then the, the, the heart gets broken because they just, they set themselves up for it, you yeah. know? So I, I think that it's, it's important to have organizations out there like that to help people to, to figure that out. That's, that's yeah. pretty big. John, yeah. what are your thoughts? It's, I mean, it's, I, why I'm not an artist is probably because I would be, I would give up before I began. Like it's overwhelming. There's so many artists out there. There's so many galleries that are not taking portfolios. They, the system is set up for artists to fail in a sense. Yes. Yeah. And, and they, and it goes, starts here and it just, it pyramids up into such a small amount of people that actually make it. And yeah. so so yeah, it is about helping an artist figure out, can, can you do something else and make money while, it's also, while still practicing your creativity? Too, right? And right. Exactly. And what yeah. is your definition? Yeah. Cause some um, people, I find like a lot of people, they like, literally, they just want to be famous, actually. They, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're confused. They don't well, want to, I, I think they want to be Banksy. They do. They want to be Shepard Fairey. They want to be Banksy. Or you know, Damien Hurst or somebody. Artist. You know, yeah. it's like, but, guess what? It's too late for that. But that you know doesn't what? I mean, happen anymore. Like it, that. It, like the way they did it. It doesn't happen anymore. No, no, because because the secret's out. Because we know how they did it, too. Exactly. So art is all about the veil, too. It's yeah. how much can we hide? Um, how much is something worth? Nobody tells you that, right? It's all about the secret and the allure of success that people want you to strive for. ArtShare takes the art off of the pedestal. We put the prices right on the wall. We, you know, put the Instagram page right on the wall of the artist. You could DM them, skip the gallery, and buy it directly from them if you want to be that asshole. Like, we're not here. <laughs> nice. Um, we're... <laughs> 
you like that little plug. Um, we're not here to to prevent an artist from succeeding. But we can also help an artist maybe share their work and see it on a gallery wall and then go, okay, that was enough. That felt good. When I'm 85, I won't regret that I didn't, right. you know, yeah. I, that I tried it. Yes. Um, and th thank you to ArtShare, you know, let me put them in my will or something. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I think it's, exactly. I think it's more, um, it's more about giving them a running chance and giving them a fighting chance. To I think create. that's really interesting because it's like, you know what? Some people pick up the guitar to impress their friends, right? This is it's mm -hmm. kind of like, our share is kind of like, hey, this here's an opportunity maybe for you to perform. And you're like, hey, that was, that was great. That's awesome. I did it. And there's some people that want to kind of take it more seriously. And like you said, it's like there's different variations of success as a guitarist, man. Most people think yeah. you want to be, you know, the rock star in a band, like, you know what I mean? But studio musicians, like, I'm just saying there's yeah. like tons of different ideas of what is quote unquote making it, you, you know what totally. I mean? And I think that that's like something that totally. um, <clears throat> it's great that you guys are a resource because I think especially early, I feel like I've answered a lot of the questions along the journey, actually, whenever you have questions like, oh, how do I do mm -hmm. this? You eventually find out how to, after you, you know, go in the wrong door like three times, basically, right? You, you know, I, I think ArtShare is pretty cool because at least it gives you some sort of resource to help you out because I think out of art school, I mean, they're kind of, they just set you out on your own. They said, here you go. Yeah, they didn't give me any kind of a marketing. I went to Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, okay. Florida. Yeah. Graduated, uh, ended up with a bachelor's degree of fine arts. Had to go to a... Um, little junior college to get my uh, associate arts and all that stuff, but got a bachelor's degree of fine arts, which doesn't mean a hill of beans to anyone. You know, it looks good if you want to put it on a resume or something like that. But I ended up doing mainly doing uh, commission paintings. And these people don't care if you got a master's degree. Yeah. If what you make, if they don't like it, yeah. doesn't matter. And meanwhile, and so, there's, there's meanwhile, there's artists who are, doing really really well who are insecure about not having that art degree too you, you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's like it's so yeah. interesting to me it's well, like that. and then there are artists that are doing really really well who aren't good artists so <laughs> go figure that one out right. like, yeah, yeah. No, how are they making it they're yeah good at it branding. is they're good at branding they're good at, at timing hustling and, and yeah hustle it doesn't come without hustle yeah. okay that's one yeah. thing that people need to realize and understand um, a lot of people, when the, the movie Exit Through the Gift Shop came out and Mr. Brainwash, Terry Guetta, you know, became famous all of a sudden. No, it wasn't all of a sudden. That dude put his time in. That dude was busting ass, um, you know, trying to sell T-shirts at a T-shirt shop, you know, like that they would get a big pile bulk of clothing and they would take them and they would put them up on nice hangers and he'd tell stories about them and sell them for a lot of money. And then he started doing street art himself getting up in the streets incessantly, you know, obsessive as an obsessive mind. And then he followed a bunch of street artists around, graffiti artists around filming them. Like this guy put in years mm -hmm. and years and years of work. And just the people understood yeah. how much work it takes. Um, it does. Then it does. And I think the more you put, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, right? Like James, you were saying you open the door three times and you realize it's a dead end you still have to open that door three times like even if i told you don't open that door you're gonna that's do true. it <laughs> and, <that's true>. and <laughs> a lot of artists come 
come to art share saying which door do i open and we'll tell them the right door there you go but then they still have to do the homework they still they have to go basically. out and and create that exactly you know and so art share becomes like a gathering ground so they can meet each other and create their own communities and their own little collaborative groups yeah and this podcast is fun because we um since i'm a musician and teaches an artist we kind of have we can share these parallels without um letting people we can f help people find parallels without letting you know talking about exactly the same scenario so i always talk about like my dj shows it's kind of like you know when i was starting off as a just a house party dj i would always dream about djing like big venues with like a bunch of people you know what i mean and then you know the day i actually did that my first like big venue with a bunch of people and things like that uh you know what it was like one of the worst nights of my life even though i, I accomplished one of my goals because the the setup of everything and then having to deal with the security and and the venue and all the all this kind of stuff. although yeah. i accomplished my goal a lot of times when you reach that, um, what, what you imagine to be success. Uh, the reality is never as yeah, good as the The reality is totally different, you, you know what I mean? And then you realize, mm -hmm. you start to question, like, you know, what reasons am I in this for? And I, I think that's so cool that it's like, art shares like a resource for you to have. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you may live in a bunch of a uh, live in an apartment with a bunch of introverts but at least you can commiserate with those people like living inside the, the, the yeah. art which by building. the way we would we right. would be interested in, <laughs> in interviewing um some of them you know if uh, if any of them would be interested some of the more crazy ones we oh, like no. crazy you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> well we, what we're trying to do with this podcast is you know we wanted to give um First, it started off as just like street artists, graffiti artists, but any artist basically that has any kind of concept of street art or a scene before, or, you know, anything like that, you know, wanted to give them another mm -hmm. platform to uh, get people to know them, you know, and uh, be able to express themselves. And so, um, you I know, I think all the artists really have right now visual artists especially yeah. it's like they have instagram and it's like hey here's mm -hmm. my instagram pay attention to me you know what i mean but it's like yeah. so hard to get people like concentrated on you as a person so we had david puck on we've had you know a lot of the artists like jeremy uh, novi yeah, yeah, twice nice. uh you know oh, word cool. smith car car par all those guys that have been on and what i love about it is because i saw all i've seen all their art you know on social media and it makes me like love them even more after I talked to like Jeremy, for example, Jeremy Novi. you know what I mean? I, we literally had no idea who he was. I just mm -hmm. saw his art and I, I, you know, I heard he's SF artist and he just moved down to LA. I said, let's have him on. And he's like a regular on our show now and we love it, you, you know? And let me also like, Jeremy has the hustle. Yeah. That man yes. knows how to pivot and knows how to move fast. So yeah. the minute the shutdown went like happened, right? You had you had some people in, in society who just like shut down, oh. <laughs> covers over. I, you know, I need a minute. This is fucking, this is crazy. It's a nightmare. And then you had the other people who were like, okay, what next? Where do I go? How do I That's make this Jeremy. work? And Jeremy, Jeremy did that. He was painting garages. He was painting backyards. He was doing face masks. He was doing shirts, like whatever he could to keep his art going. It was truly remarkable. And now I follow him on Facebook and I almost think I need to like mute him or something. Cause he has like six posts a day of something he's doing or hustling or, and I'm just, 
I love it that every morning he wakes up. He's flooding you. I'm enamored, but I'm also super overwhelmed because what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm I'm only creating three programs today. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I love it because you know what? One of the things <clears throat> I feel like now we have this nice little community that it's like, hey, you know Jeremy, Jeremy knows us. And now we're kind of like, we're all on the same wavelength because I think starting off, especially as an artist, for me, still in music, man, it's like, it's hard to find those people that share the same values and work ethic as you, because at the end of the day, you need those people to commiserate with. Yeah. You need somebody to say like, oh, I'm bummed out because this didn't go through. Somebody that can understand, you know? And totally. I think for our podcast, basically, it's awesome because it's like, for me and Teach, there's no competition in terms of opportunities here. He's a street artist, mm -hmm. I'm a DJ, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, we just basically, it's like, we work together to kind of promote this, kind of seen this community yeah. that has kind of arose from LA and like like I said it gets us opportunities to talk to wonderful people who have projects like like you thank you <laughs> yeah especially um, once we get the uh the spray paint line up and running I know um, this sounds amazing yeah. I can't wait to hear about this wait can I talk about community really quick yes. with let's paint Please. the town because because so let's paint the town started with 10 um 10 artists at the beginning so jeremy and i both kind of reached out to the artists that we love and and know are are great to work with and those artists included carpart amy smith david pock etc wordsmith um and and so we knew that the first week that we went out and painted which was done illegally without express permission from really anyone we know we knew that we needed to have like really good artists that had a brand that had um you know you could you could drive by and know it's wordsmith or carpart like you just knew their work and it was it was a direction from me make sure you do you show yourself on the canvas because if we're going to ask people to paint without getting the approval process and, and that whole kind of rigmarole of approving the image that we needed to go with 10 artists that were well known and well established. So that was awesome. And then when we found more walls, those 10 artists were like, Oh no, 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 I'm good. Who else wants to do it? Who else can we give this opportunity? I to? love that. That's our community. And, too, right. You know? And yeah. when the first, uh, the first round of payment went out, um, three artists said, nope, I don't want to take it. Or can I just have the supply money, not the full amount? And can you redistribute it? And even still, with these 10 artists, these 10 core artists, um, they're still saying, if we sell this artwork or auction it off, how can we take this money and pull it up and divide it evenly? Um, and art should be included in that even split. And just that kind of unselfish mentality is what I've been waiting for from the arts community. It's, it's so, so enlightening to see this and that they want some distribution that's democratic. It's been really, really that's awesome. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I, love, I love to hear that because you know, like we're, we're literally in the same community. All those artists that you named, yeah. they're, they're all, you know, they've all been on our podcast and how I kind of feel is like, Hey, look at the end. Oh, let's talk about the. I want to talk about the paint real quick before I forget. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, please. My I'm a chemist. Uh, my company actually makes uh, acrylic. Yeah. It just okay. keeps going, James. You're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> look at the like you said, artists. We gotta we gotta try different you know pivots. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? So, uh, anyways, this chemist chemistry thing. I, we manufacture acrylic resin. Okay, and then we actually supply the acrylic that goes inside like paints like Montana and Montana 94, basically. 
So we Neat. basically started off, a, a, Teach and I, we're like, hey, let's just do our own paint can. We could probably get like better paint and cheaper prices, you know what I mean? So we basically, uh, I, I mean, I already supply these. not better. already supply these Because guys. we already sell them the material. <laughs> right? So, so wow. it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're working on a few, uh, um, you know, different suppliers basically right now, but we already have the name. And we got the logo designed by, by uh, well, actually, there's a lot of people. That this put is it a true collaboration, my friend. <laughs> you started off with the original lettering, okay? And then I took your lettering, I added a little bit to it, and then we sent it to Sean nice. Gatlin, and he helped to clean it up. And uh, so it's it's go go spray paint. Go paint. You, you know what I mean? Upside down, it's OG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so wow. you know, hopefully we can turn that into a nice brand. It's like, hey, you have your Montanas and you have your Go Paint. You, you know what I mean, right? So, well, you know, we'll, it's awesome. going to be the same materials, if not better. Yeah, so, we want to yeah. make sure we want to work with you guys to uh, supply you guys with best quality paint too. You, you know what I mean? That'd be I, awesome. Yeah, no, I just love this because I think once this whole quarantine is over, I think you know we definitely could probably work together. You know, some more and. What I love you guys is that you guys are showing me artists that I've never seen before because they're all jumping in on this uh, uh, art share project, uh, doing the boards too. You know, we yeah. love to have uh, whoever's you know working on this project come on the podcast too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Whenever we do a call for artists on art shares pages, we get such a tremendous response, and it doesn't matter if it's you know a a new um, can for for Angel City Beer that they've just created or if it's a live mural painting at a festival or if it's let's paint the town people there's no shortage of artists in los angeles that we can support and um, as many as we're going to lose through this pandemic from them leaving los angeles we will retain so many um and and hopefully those that that stay behind you know will be elevated through this process um and I should mention our building uh, was painted by Michael B. Um, Michael B. Designs, and it's a beautiful design where it's just you could read on our website some narrative about it. But the design is really about um, an idea, kind of shooting out. There's kind of a central focus of the design on the corner front where my office is, and then from there the idea kind of shoots out into the sky and is shared with so many people. Um, and I've, I've loved working with Michael for the past three years but our contract's up with him. So we get to repaint the building again. Ooh, um, nice. The building when I came 10 years ago was yellow and like a, a prison that was just kind of penitentiary. And then we had Inza from England come out and paint a black facade, which we just loved. And that's when I was really at ArtShare. Uh, really started at ArtShare. Um, and then we brought Michael B in. So now I'm hoping to bring a female artist who's from Los Angeles and um, the hunt is always on. So anytime we get that. any submissions, I'm constantly thinking who could fill that space with a new mural. And so what's the uh, um, best way to submit the artwork like uh, email or, or website? What can you tell the people to how, how to 
Yeah, so we usually um, have uh, Google Forms just set up on our website. So if you go to artcherylla.org and in the top left corner, there's an artist button um, drop down. It's usually visual or performing and decide which one you are in the moment and go there. Um, and then there's a Google Form that you can fill out. Um, right I don't here. know how up to date it is right now, visual but performing right here yeah. on the page and then you can just uh, click on it and then yeah. And, and if there isn't a form, then you could subscribe. Um, just put your email in there and we'll make sure that you're a part of the, the art awesome. opportunities emails that we send out twice a month. Um, you could also just email info at artsharelay.org or any anytime you connect through the website, it goes directly to me and I'll send it out to the correct staff person. Um, but we're always looking for new artists, always looking for new places to hang your artwork um, or sh have you perform. And with the pandemic kind of shifting everything, um, we're shutting our theater down for 2020, which is a huge, huge devastation, um, not just uh, financially for us, but also for the many artists that come through our, our theater. So um, finding new stages, new outdoor stages is gonna be where I'm gonna go. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Just a uh, right, um, little sidebar question. What kind of music do you like? Personally? Yeah, we usually ask that because, you know, it's kind of like we ask about visual art and then we talk about music as well. So we want to keep it consistent. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so, you know, art, art share, we have 30 people that live upstairs. So the type of music that goes in our theater has to be somewhat uh, unraucous. So I've gained a huge appreciation for avant-garde new music. Um, uh, taking instruments and playing them in unique ways. Um, we've had our, our piano treated a couple of times where artists will come in and hang paper clips on the actual strings coming from the, the keys. Wow. And it just distorts the sound just enough um, wow. that it just creates kind of an off-kiltered sound. Um, and then um, string instruments, if you're playing with a bow, um, they're now writing music that talks about the color of the sound so that that yeah. weight Synesthesia. you put on this yeah the Definitely. weight you put on it lightness or or heaviness on the string and and the different sounds that come from that so that's really fun um to explore for me someone who's not very musically um musically inclined um but right now i'm totally personally on a fiona apple kick that oh, woman has made amazing. the pandemic tolerable sounds nice <laughs> yeah yeah, it's a beautiful. Yeah, you guys, if you if you guys uh, check out Fiona Apple's new album, I mean, I don't think she's dropped anything for twenty years, and uh, she no. came back with uh, something super creative. So I'm uh, I'm it, enjoying that album as well. And it speaks to what's happening right now. Like, find your voice, say it louder. You know, you're actually the second person on this podcast who's mentioned uh, her album. Uh, Bumblebee said he was really enjoying it as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Good I'm to know saying. that. Brilliant, brilliant minds think alike. You know what <laughs> right? I mean? Brilliant Next time mind. I see him, I'll be like, Fiona Apple, right? <laughs> What's up, Fiona group? <laughs> no, I love it, though. You know what? We've pretty much been an hour, though, but I think it's like we kind of got a good idea of what Art Share LA is all about. Um, yeah, you know, and Cheyenne has to go. She's a busy lady. She's yeah, got yeah. To go through. And uh, I'm a you know, pioneering woman, guys. I I have places to go. <laughs> you know, and us at LA Stray Gallery, we'd love to work with you more. You know, if you ever need a DJ, you got one right here. Okay, nice. so uh, and then also another street artist, you got one right here too, basically. So 
uh, to support cool. you, basically. So, uh, you know, follow Artshare LA. It's Artshare underscore LA on Instagram, right? That's correct. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you. It was a true pleasure, you guys. I've been following you since I realized I stole your name, and I'm a huge fan. And teacher, I actually met you uh, about five years ago at a, um, gosh, Cindy Schwartzstein from Carl uh, Cartwell Arts going to kill me, but she helped produce a large um, gathering of street artists where everybody had booths and oh, yeah. and installations kind of throughout this warehouse in hollywood yes. this was at and iron I'm, studios or no different one yeah that sounds right okay um i remember but yeah i remember art fair or something like that right yeah yeah mm -hmm. i met you and i think i flirted with you even though i'm married and you're married <laughs> um, and i think it went right over your head <laughs> So, we're, you know, we were safe, but I was like, I was impressed with your, your work and, um, and with just how communicative and, and present you were with everybody who was coming to have you sign something. So it's a pleasure to meet you here. I look forward to working with you. For sure. And James, I'll see you uh, in Covina. Yeah, definitely. No, we'll work together. We'll do some, we'll do some projects and uh, definitely. I look forward to getting to know you better. All right. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys so much. much. So uh, to the audience, uh, follow our share underscore LA on Instagram and uh, leave us a review. Pay the town podcast. Uh, follow us at PTTP show. And uh, yeah, check out our new store that teach opened up. Basically, there's a bunch of cool stuff uh, from uh, teach. And uh, if you're a resident artist, uh, uh, talk to teach. Uh, and you want to get some artwork up on the store you know, on the LA Street. Our resident artists get in touch with me. So thank you guys very much. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. Peace. Thanks, Bye. And in